You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Warrior Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion. Part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis. We're going to be talking about the finally, finally, the schedule has been released. Not only do we know who those 10 opponents are, but how they fall in our week-by-week schedule. Jared, how you doing? I'm doing good, AJ. How about yourself? Doing well. Just hanging in there, and uh, we're inching closer. Um, I think Gus had mentioned in his recent press conference, and I didn't realize it's one of those things that just kept creeping up, but he said five weeks of practice before their very first game. And I was thinking, you know what? It is about five weeks before we actually have our first game. So that's exciting. I felt like at this point where you're, we're usually just kind of like probably previewing the season or something and maybe talking about the first opponent, but we just found out how the season's going to go down. And uh, how do you feel about it? I mean, start out with Kentucky, go to Georgia for our second game, kind of odd to start so early with them, back home for Arkansas, then you got a couple of away games at South Carolina and Ole Miss. Go back to home for LSU on Halloween. Pretty fun there. I'm sure if fans are still loud in the stadium for that LSU game, it'll be pretty crazy. And uh, go to Mississippi State and then come back home for uh, the Iron Bowl or for Tennessee, have the Iron Bowl in Tuscaloosa, and then end out with Texas A&M. So, again, kind of weird to not have Georgia at the end and then not to have Bama be our last regular schedule game. What do you, what do you make of this schedule um, now that we have it? Um, anything kind of stand out to you? I think 2020 is rubbing off. The SEC is just having fun. I mean, we got Georgia week two. <laughs> we have the Iron Bowls, not the last game. Um, it's 2020, just I tell you, it's crazy. Um, yeah, I, You know, for I, I forgot we were only playing SEC teams when it first got released, and I saw Kentucky first, and I was like, no, not a good opponent week one. <laughs> and then I'm looking at the rest of our schedule and I'm thinking, well, you know, I mean, I forgot it's all SEC. So there is really no weak opponent. Um, I guess you could say Arkansas, but yeah, I'm going to say know, Arkansas. Yeah. I think Arkansas might be, but, <laughs> but with their history with Gus and then obviously they probably don't like, you know, Chad Morris too much because the way he left them, uh, not on, he got fired, but um, you know, they, they, they don't like how the program went when he was there. So yeah. they're going to be fired up for that. I think all in all schedule is not terrible. I, I don't know if this is official or not. They mentioned on the SEC network that the Iron Bowl was kept the way it was for TV ratings. Essentially, hmm. they didn't want to waste that Thanksgiving weekend. So they kept the Iron Bowl then. And because we're starting later in the seasons ending a week later, the only thing they could do is not have the Iron Bowl be our last game. Yeah. So. But I mean, it is going to be interesting. 
And I noticed that they also scheduled the Egg Bowl for that Thanksgiving weekend. So essentially keeping some continuity to regularity of that's the week that it always happens. But uh, when it comes to just we're going to have the Iron Bowl and then we got to have Texas A&M, which everybody knows how closely we play them almost every single year, every single game. It doesn't matter. Um, That's going to be just a a tough way to finish out the season, not to mention all the SEC opponents right before that. But, I mean, we're Auburn. We're more or less used to it. Um, I mean, I think even Gus said it in his presser that if any team's ready for this, it's Auburn because we have a lot of times the one of the hardest schedules in the SEC, not only, and not to mention the nation because of how many SEC, tough SEC opponents we have. So I, I add a couple more on there. And it's just, you know, another, uh, another week, another couple weeks of, of games. And, you know, we'll, we'll be able to, I mean, I think we'll be able to handle most, if not all of these opponents pretty decently, not to say we're going to lose. I mean, not to say we're going to win every game because I think there will be some are you losses. Going on the, are you going on the record, AJ? Are you predicting 10 and 0? <laughs> I'm not a I Ben King here, but, <laughs> um, I, I do I, think it, we, we have, it's, it's a pretty good schedule. I mean, yeah, it's going to be tough, but again, it's something that I think we can manage. Um, One of the guys on the the SEC now, when they were releasing this, somebody who is not Auburn, I don't know the guy. I mean, they, they bring on new employees every year. Um, He said that he made mention that Auburn plays a tough schedule every year because they kept coming back. One of the guys kept coming back saying the way Auburn finishes out with the Iron Bowl and then A&M, if we were in the race at the end, that, or even A&M, that, that could be a very key game, whereas mm-hmm. I think Alabama, uh, that, what do they finish with, Arkansas? So, um, yeah, I think they finished with Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, so they finished with Arkansas. And, I mean, you got to finish with somebody. Everybody can't play A&M or somebody good. But they were just saying it's not an easy finish for Auburn, but it never has been. I mean, it's usually Georgia and Alabama, and if COVID wouldn't have happened, it was going to be LSU and Alabama. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. this is better than those two, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you got a point there. It is a little bit better than our original schedule, but we still like they're they kind of which is kind of nice if if i look at the i with the harder games georgia lsu uh alabama and texas a&m i, I view those as probably the four hardest opponents that we're going to face this year and all four of those are kind of roughly sk- uh, spread out you got georgia second week lsu six week get a couple weeks off and then go uh to tuscaloosa and then you got to come back home for Texas A&M. So it's not terrible, but it's also it, not great. Uh, I mean, if you came to me, bef- if I just landed on earth and you said, listen, you get to play Georgia week two with a new quarterback, whoever their quarterback is, mm-hmm. and they're only going to have probably 20,000 fans in the stadium, I would give you a hug. You would then later tell me it's because of a pandemic, and that would not <laughs> be fun. But – you can't, as far as that goes, getting them week two, they don't even know who their quarterback is yet, okay? Yep. So get them week two. We're at Georgia. Best time to be at Georgia. They're not going to have as many fans, if any. Yeah. We, we're at Alabama this year. They're not going to be able to have as many fans either. So I don't, you know, we could nitpick and say, I wish this or that. And I would have rather not had Tennessee thrown in there because we already had a tough schedule. And Tennessee's going to be a formidable opponent. 
Yeah. But at the end of the day, I don't look at anything that's terrible. I think you make a great point. We have Georgia week two, then we have LSU week six, then Bama week 10. So the real three big threats are pretty spread out. Yeah. And then in between, it's about as cupcake like as you can get with Arkansas. I'm not going to say it with South Carolina because they seem to play us pretty tough, but it's it's a team we should beat. And same thing with Ole Miss. Um, so like the teams in between, we should beat. And I I think that's a good way to kind of space out this, uh, this schedule for us. Um, so last week we discussed, um, just based on the 10 opponents, we didn't know how they were going to line up week one through week 11. Um, how do you feel uh, about your prediction? I think we were kind of like teetering on like seven to eight wins out of these 10 games. Um, has that changed any now that you actually see when we're going to face each opponent? Man, I really just don't know. I mean, usually you have stuff coming out of camp of, oh, this guy's stepping up or, you know, Bo's looking really good. And a lot of that's just to sell, you know, magazines. But we have nothing to go by. Mm. You know, when I'm going down the list, I say Kentucky's a win. Arkansas, South Carolina, Ole Miss, Miss State, Tennessee are are all, I think we should win those. A&M probably. So if we do that, you know, that's seven. And you have to assume we win one of Georgia, LSU, and Alabama, worst case. So you're looking at eight. So yeah. I'll go with eight. I would say hey, we need to probably get to eight wins for it not to be kind of a down year. Um, and I hate to say that, but, you know, we're there. I mean, you know, I know we as Auburn fans kind of be like, we kind of have a little bit of a, uh, I don't know if we're really supposed to be there or not. Yeah. But we're supposed to be there. I mean, we have the history. We have the star players you need. Uh, we don't get the star players Alabama does, but that's okay. Not many people do. <laughs> Very Maybe true. Ohio State. I mean, there's not many in Clemson now. Uh, Georgia's just started doing it, but they don't have the history piece of championships. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think we're in the spot now where, all right, eight should be, ten should be the, the what you do in a normal year. Eight should be what we win this year. And then we get lucky and we win nine. Yeah. and How I, about you? I'm I'm kind of right around there. Uh, I'm, I'm maybe this is, uh, just kind of reading into this maybe a little too much, but I'm thinking the, that we should definitely win six. There's, there's a seventh one that I'm kind of like teetering on and that's Tennessee. Um, just because they had such a great run at the end of their season, I'm sure that's carrying them into this season a lot. Um, that's the only one that I'm like. I don't know. And then the revenge from a couple of years ago, I, that's the one where I'm like, I want to say we have at least seven wins and then we kind of split LSU, Bama and Georgia, something like that. But I don't know. I mean, it could easily go. We have eight wins. Um, let me add an extra, let me add a little piece to my eight wins. My, I'm assuming Bo Nix gets better. And in the sense that Bo was pretty good last year, if he takes a step forward, I think we win eight games. Like yeah. that's our I think that's our floor. Now if he's if he's the exact same, I think we probably win seven. Mm-hmm. If he gets better, we win eight. If he's really good and takes a humongous jump, I mean the sky's the limit at that point. No, um, you got a point. I mean the I just keep remembering back to Bo Nix is uh, it's been said by many people, Bo Nix is going to win an SEC championship, if not a national championship, um while he's in college. And it just depends on what year he starts really thriving. Is it going to be the sophomore year? Is it going to be his junior 
or maybe if he stays for his senior year. It could be either of those. Um, and like I think you have a point. If he does improve, I think our odds of winning kind of get obviously nudged up, and we keep winning more um, because he's just a, he's a winner, and he's going to find a way to win. Just think about his first college game against Oregon. That was that was a lot on boat. He didn't have the best of games, but he made the play to Seth Williams when he needed to. And that that's just something that's in a winner's veins is finding a way to win like that. And, and you what? can't just say, all right, all right, Joey Gatewood, go out there. I mean, I hate to, I'm not hating on Joey. I'm just saying like, you can't just say Joey Gatewood, go out there and make that, that play right there. You got to have somebody like Bo Nix that's been there before and done that. Um, when Bo was, it's one of those things where he was almost trying not to screw up, and then when it got to a point where he just had to be Bo and just sling it and play, mm-hmm. he got a lot better. Like Oregon, all right, we had to do this. We were down. You just got to go be Bo. Fourth yeah. quarter, Georgia, We have, time's running out. Just go be Bo. And then I think it clicked a little more in the Alabama game because he was kind of that way from the whole from the start. Yeah. Um, his numbers didn't wow, like, but we didn't really ask him to. We ran in a pretty – I mean, Booby kind of shined in that game too. But uh, he was on from, from the get-go, and that was a good sign. And I don't even remember the Minnesota game. I wiped it from my memory. <laughs> but, uh, you know, bowl games, it's easy to make an excuse. We get excited when we win them. I get that. You should. I mean, but, I, you know, I, that Minnesota really wanted that game, and I just don't think we did. But um, so I kind of throw that one out. But I think he was, if he can get that four quarter action going instead of being afraid of making a mistake early on, if he can get that, hey, all out, all four quarters, kind of be a gunslinger. And I think Chad's going to let him do that. Good things could happen. Yeah, you got a point. And I don't know how much work he's gotten in with these wide receivers, especially the new ones coming in. Um, and I'm just thinking particularly about tight end. And if that starts to gel, I mean, that's an extra added element that teams have not seen, and it'll be hard to scout for because uh, Gus just the way he uses a tight end is going to be, from what I've heard, a lot different from Chad Moore. So that's going to be something a little fun little thing to be watching. If you want to see Auburn run a trick play, throw it to the tight end. That's a trick <laughs> play for us, really, in college football yeah. nowadays. I mean. George is the only one I know that's kind of stuck with that, and they're even getting away from it. So I, I don't know, man. I mean, you get a big guy, great hands. They dominate in the NFL, and they're really mm-hmm. going to dominate in college. I, I don't know why people are getting away. So if Chad brings that back, and I know they've recruited a few big guys uh, height-wise and star-wise, and, and hopefully that pans out to something. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's kind of shift a little bit, um, and talk about the SEC's guidelines for fans and, uh, football stadiums. So that just came out, uh, that they've, uh, required that if you're in the stadium, uh, all fans and workers are required to wear a mask. Um, another guideline, um, that they're kind of like trying to, they pretty much left up to each university in each state was how much of their capacity for that stadium will you allow? Um, and then on top of that, even tailgating will it be permitted. And uh, just recently, Bama came out, said 20% capacity in their stadium, so 20,000 fans, um, and then no tailgating. Um, as of now, when we're recording this, Auburn hasn't announced, but 
I can probably venture to guess that we're going to follow something along that lines of 20%, um, which will be what, like 15,000 fans or something like that. Maybe a few more and, uh, probably no tailgating, which is unfortunate, but I mean, it's, it's one of those things. It's, if that kind of helps us keep this football season going and, uh, I'm okay with it. What What do you think of the SEC's guidelines so far um, and, and how uh, universities are handling it? Yeah, I, mean, I think the SEC's done a good job of um, leading through this. I, you know, I, I don't know what to think about leaving it up to the schools on fans. I get why they did it because, you know, they don't want to uh, – it's a big financial deal here, so they're probably trying to steer clear of that and being a, a hindrance to people making money. Mm-hmm. but I, I'm still on the fence, to be honest with you. There's no doubt I want fans there. I mean, I, that's just a part of the game, but I'm still kind of of the mindset of remove any any possible distractions because I just can see there being an outbreak with fans at a football game, and then they start talking on the national news should they be playing. Yep. Um, and, and that's and a it, debate that's okay to be had, but let's try to – if it's not players that are getting it and it's the fans, yeah. I don't want anything distracting from that. Well, that that was what I was about to say is if the fans are getting it, but the the players are so isolated, even on a regular game day, they're on the field, they're on the sidelines, there's not really too much interaction unless, <laughs> I'm just thinking back to like the 2010 or 2013 years where they the players after the game come up in the student section or something. Other than that, there's not a whole bunch of, oh, hi, how are you doing, um, kind of going on, high-fiving students, unless a really big play happens or something. Um, so, I don't know. I, I'm just thinking, I, it, I, if it comes down to it, I'm okay if they say, we're done with fans, and we're going to focus on the game itself. Yeah, and I, again, I'm just picturing headlines, and you know, you're, you know how – it works in today's age that if 5,000 fans get it from a college football game, I mean, what's going to be the headline for the entire mm-hmm. next week? Oh, yeah. It's going to be about the 5,000 fans. It will not be about the fact that maybe zero players got it. Yeah. Um, and so that'll be more pressure, be more questions to answer for these coaches who need to, you know, need to be focusing on the game. If we can do this healthy again, for the record, I've been very, you know me, AJ, I've been, I haven't been in a store in five months. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if a kid wants to play and um, their parents are okay with them playing and we think we can do it safely, I just want to make sure outside distractions don't take away from that possibility. Yeah. And I feel like there's always these outside distractions that do happen, but there's even more this year. Um, and you almost got to filter that to, the players and the importance of players playing well, the players kind of, um, if they want to play, I, I think it's, it's fine. I think they should be able to play. Um, but if obviously it, they're, they're put at risk, then that's when you start to question things. Hey, Auburn family, we're going to take a quick breather from this episode to bring you an important message. One of the most well-known things about Auburn fans is how loyal they are. And we show that loyalty by the colors that we wear. Let us help you stock up on those colors by going over to our tpublic.com store. There you'll find a variety of merchandise geared towards designs based on E2C Network and Auburn content. 
While TeePublic is known for their t-shirts, they have a wide selection of merchandise options for you to select one of these designs to be put on. They also have other types of apparel, stickers, mugs, and much more. Here's the beauty of it. Your purchase will help support this network and the content that we regularly produce. The purchase will also go to support independent artists who put a lot of hard work into designing these concepts, especially for you, the Auburn family. And did I mention that they regularly have sales? T-shirts for $13? You have to be kidding me. If you're ready to explore your purchase options, head on over to tpublic.com slash store slash E2C network. You can also get there by going to our website at e2cnetwork.com slash support. Now that you've got some options to suit up for game day, let's head back into this episode. Speaking of uh, uh, people getting coronavirus, um, Gus did come out and say that over pretty much this whole summer, where the players have been back on campus, they've done 100 or 863 COVID tests, and uh, 33 of those came back positive, with one of those being a coach. And uh, so, 33 people got it, and it sounds like it was a pretty small um, time frame of when those started popping up. And uh, from what I've heard, the the players just pretty much banded together and said, "We're really rooting." Uh, for this football season. We really want it to happen, and I don't blame them. And to do that, we got to kind of band together and really stay in as much of a bubble as possible. Um, I mean, you've seen probably if you're on Twitter, um, Anthony Schwartz and other football players kind of take a stance and say, guys, as college students particularly, we're around y'all. Be safe. Um, If we get it, it's not going to be good. That means we're going to have to sit out at least one, if not two weeks, just depending on when it happens. Um, and that's a bare minimum, probably two weeks. Um, so, man, I, I kind of feel their frustration because they're thinking, we've done all of this right. We've done all of these steps to get to this football season. Don't ruin it for us at the end. Um, how do you feel about uh, all of this, especially now that uh, they've had some positives? But recently, they uh, this last week of tests, they all everybody tested negative, which is fantastic. Um, but obviously, when you have some positives in there, it's just like, well, it can happen. It can happen at any moment, any day. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it kind of surprised me. I don't know why. You know, you don't. I wake up in 2020 and new info every day, and I saw the article by ESPN saying Auburn had 33 positive tests, 34 with a coach, and it just kind of. I was like, wow. I was kind of surprised. Um, they are apparently all have all recovered and are healthy. Um, no doctor, so I don't know if there's lingering side effects, but they are all negative now. And I don't think anything major happened, which just shows the other craziness of this virus. I mean, how some people recover quickly and unfortunately some don't. Um, I, somebody told me that some of the 33 were the same person and hmm. they tested positive twice. So I don't know if that's true or not. Um, it's still a lot, irregardless. And you make a great point. It, it definitely lets you realize this could happen at any time, any week. It could happen before... Georgia with Bo Nix. I mean, anybody, any major player. So you're right. These, if you want college football to happen, um, you know, probably got to make some changes. Um, Especially if you're around any of these players, you need to be careful at any time. You need to be careful. But if you really want college football to happen, 
um, you know, we need to make sure that, that we're not spreading this uh, any more than it already is. Yeah, exactly. And one thing I noticed that the university has done, so originally it was, you know, you got to wear your mask in a building, but they recently got even a little bit more strict and said, if you're on campus, you have to wear a mask. Um, and I was even talking to my sister, um, who's at Auburn right now, and she was talking about how many of her classes are virtual and, or uh, may only have one time a week where they come into a class. So that's what I'm kind of picturing. I haven't heard from other college students, but I'm kind of hoping that's the case. And if that's the case, then a lot of these football players can more or less just sit in their dorm or their apartment and just kind of huddle with their other college football buddies in their very close circle and kind of sit this and wait this thing out um, and get to play some football. Um, and, and it's good to see a lot of them seeming, especially the ones that are vocal on uh, social media that are really taking a, I'm a leader here and I really want this to happen. Um, and I feel like that's a good thing, especially for the younger guys to see is we're, we're in this together and let's do it. Um, let's make it happen. We're, we put all this hard work in and don't want this to just be put, uh, be thrown in the trash essentially for this. Year. Well, yeah. And I mean, uh, and real quick, you talked about virtual classes. I, I, I went to college with a couple of buddies that, that did virtual and, and there wasn't even virtual back then. So they weren't going to class. If you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, um, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I, people want to make this very, a very simple decision. Either you play or, or you don't. And there's a lot of complexity here. I mean, there's people who we don't know about this year who may make a name for themselves and go pro and become a millionaire and change their lives. I mean, Joe Burrow tweeted and basically said, if this would have happened last year, I would probably be looking for a normal job this year. Mm. People did not think Joe Burrow was the number one draft pick yeah. two years ago. Uh, he literally changed his life last year. Yeah. Um, now, again, safety. You got to make sure the players are safe. But point being about what we were just talking about, these guys are putting in a lot of work. And to them, some of them, this is their ticket. And they want everybody to be as cautious as possible so they get their opportunity. Mm-hmm. And we get to enjoy watching them get their opportunity. It's a win-win for everybody. That is so, so true. Um, You know, I get it. Listen, we're, we're all tired of this. I'm tired of this. Um, but at the end of the day, if we keep being smart, we can probably start taking baby steps back to normal and normal being let's have some football on Saturday. Yeah. And I think for most people in the South, their normalcy is watching sports on a Saturday. It's football, it's baseball, it's pretty much anything. And that that's been so far removed um, yeah, there's some professional sports playing right now. So there's some normalcy there. So we're tasting it with those. And I think once the college football, I mean, if everything keeps going smoothly and I'm knocking on some wood here, um, that that'll kind of help people just feel a little bit more normal because right now, I mean, I don't know about you, Jared, but it doesn't feel normal. I mean, you go out and you're just like, I'm living in an apocalypse kind of, I mean, man, not that crazy, but like, um, it's, it's very odd and that, that will be a little taste of it. 
It is. And the thing about sports that's great is it's always kind of brought us together and it gives you, you know, three or four hours, depending on if it's a CBS game or not, uh, with all the commercials. So it gives you that time frame to kind of be together with people who are like you, yeah. forget about everything that's going on in the world. It doesn't mean it's going to fix those problems. It doesn't negate those problems, but it gives you that at least a four hour reprieve and you're yeah. able to come together instead of being all that noise that's out there. I remember after nine 11, I mean, I still picture Bush throwing out the first pitch. I mean, Yankee mm. stadium went crazy. Everybody came together as a country and we all do that in a minuscule way with football. We all Auburn fans come together, no matter who you are, oh, yeah. all Alabama fans, all Georgia. And it, it's something special. And we kind of need something special right now. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I just hope it happens. Uh, you know, I hope everybody's safe, no doubt. And I think every player should be able to make that decision and not be forced. And as long as that is the case, I'm okay with playing. Yeah. I mean, I really do like your point of it does bring people together. I mean, I think about the good times of watching it with close friends and family, uh, just the big games. Like I'm thinking even last year, the Iron Bowl. And I was over at my in-laws and I told them, hey, if Auburn wins this thing, I'm grabbing a roll of toilet paper and I'm rolling your front yard. And they were like, if y'all win, if you win this thing, go for it. And sure enough, <laughs> but it's like one of those, you're, you're You'll together never forget and it. you love it. I, I remember to this day, I could not afford to get in on the kick six game. So I was in the basketball arena watching it with my brother-in-law. And after he ran it back, like, I don't even like my brother-in-law that much. I'm kidding. But, I, you know, we were <laughs> hugging each other. We didn't even wait for replays. We we jetted out of there and was going up to tumors. Oh, yeah. And it, and it was like crazy on the streets. And, I mean, yeah. that is, that's the cool thing about sports. So, you know, when people say they want it back, I don't think there's a lot of selfishness there. It just helps bring everybody together, and we need some positivity yeah. as safe as possible, no doubt. Yeah. It's not going to make corona go away, and there are bigger issues in this world. But yeah. I do think that would go a long way towards helping uh, lift everybody's spirits up. Yeah, no, you actually have a point because I was thinking back to last year when Auburn rushed the field after the Iron Bowl and just people outside of the Auburn sphere were questioning, why'd y'all do that? It's not, I mean, obviously it's a big game for us, but like, why'd you rush the field? It was because so many outside things were happening. The tornadoes, the just chaos all around of people dying around and in the Auburn area. And it was just a time where everybody was able to come and celebrate. Um, and we were celebrating around the Auburn football team. Um, and I think that's something special. I mean, that's something special about sports in general. They just kind of bring people together that you would have probably never interacted with on a normal daily basis. Um, yeah. The minute you quit celebrating that stuff, it's not fun. I mean, I get the business mentality. I realize you can't, I mean, players do have to control their emotions, their ups and downs, but um, I mean, if you're not going to celebrate that stuff, like winning, winning the iron roll, I don't care if Alabama rushes the field. I mean, look, it, they won't, but I mean, it's a bit like, you win a game like that, um, that's what sports is about. And we have gotten to where we question stuff. Why are they doing You know, you you do – it's baseball. No offense to any baseball fans, but if you hit a home run and you actually take a glimpse at it to see where it went, 
The pitcher's going to throw at you the next time. I mean, this is sports, mm-hmm. people. Let's let people celebrate a little bit. Right. Um, I'm more the uh, Adam Sandler golf style kind of where people <laughs> cheer and everything. So, anyways, I went on a, I went on a, a tangent on that. I, I apologize. Yeah, but it, it's one of those things where we, we have to remember kind of what we're fighting for. And it's not just get the players out there. As much as we want them to get out there, it's the community around it that thrives off of um, this not only football, but other sports coming together and playing. Um, and that's something that I feel like we've definitely missed over the last we have, and six months. There's a huge, huge financial impact to the city of Auburn. Uh, mm-hmm. no so, it, you know, it's, it's a big deal to get people down there and to have football and um, safety is number one. But if they think they can do that and the player's okay with it, I say let's rock and roll. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one final thing that I just wanted to bring up. So the NCAA um, officially canceled tournaments for the fall. And then when you hear that title and that it, you're just like headline, you're just like, oh, gosh. So no playoffs for football. Mm-hmm. Well, wait a second. That can actually <laughs> still happen because the college football playoff isn't um, the same thing as an NCAA tournament. So fantastic. We still get that. Um, so – this kind of brings up a just a final little quick topic. We'll we'll discuss this for just for a minute. Of because at this point there's only three conferences um, playing, major conferences playing. Do you see there being a possibility where three SEC teams make it into the playoffs this year? It would blow people's minds and probably make, especially the Big Ten and the Pac-12, <laughs> so mad. But do you I think it just- could happen? I think mean, just to make the rest of the country mad, we should put four in there. Um, yeah, it can. I I don't I don't know that it does. I I'll be honest with you. I don't know if this is my hoping or what. I don't know how strong Georgia's going to be because they don't really know who their quarterback is. Yeah. I, LSU just lost their entire team to the NFL. I think they just lost another player in the last minute. I mean, they, their whole team went to the NFL. <laughs> Alabama's going to be coming back pretty strong. Florida's going to be pretty strong, and Auburn's going to be pretty strong. But we may beat each other up. Um, Well, that's always the fear, I feel like. And maybe to the college football playoff committee, they they look at that as, uh, hey, these guys are ready. They're battle-tested. I don't know. It's 10 games. It's the the extra couple of games of just beating each other up. I hope that that's okay. (laughs) Well, you you make a great point. Uh, So I guess – Kinda to your answer, are they going to let a two a two loss SEC team in because they played a ten game SEC schedule? Mm. And if that's the case, then it opens that door. I think. Yeah. Um, I, you know, but as far if the Big Twelve plays, I feel like they're going to have one or two teams. They're going to have a really good record. Clemson's probably not losing to anybody. Yep. And you know, I I could see us not getting three in, but I, it wouldn't be out of the question. Yeah. It would I, blow I, people's minds, but I think it would be fun. Uh, if it did happen, obviously being an SEC biased guy, I'm ready for that to happen um, because we've already got a couple in there before. Let's uh, let's see if we can push the, the three and, and see if it happens. But, again, probably not, not going to happen. Uh, I'm all for that if it does. Um, Jared, before we get out of here, uh, how can the people reach you? Yes, sir. So just under my name, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, and it's just my name, Jared Davis. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle.
War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?